Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'll be talking about overwhelm. Now, um, I've always said on the podcast that I'd, I'd love to hear from you in terms of suggestions for topics, and I thought I'd knock this one out because this was suggested by the accidental cook, um, aka Preeti Singler, who is on Instagram, and she kindly left a comment um, asking um, for an episode on overwhelm, and what her comment says is as a full-time working mum of two children with little childcare support, I increasingly feel a sense of overwhelm. Could you cover this in one of your episodes, please? So here it is. Now, although I've been giving you snippets of what's coming up in my book next January, overwhelm is actually a theme that runs through lots of people's lives. And so I think it is pretty relevant to the current climate that we're in. What I also love about the word overwhelm is that it's not a medical word and we all kind of know what it means. What's interesting is uh, if you look at definitions in the dictionary, uh, it goes from anything to be completely defeated to feeling overly emotional to also I, I certainly feel that it can also indicate stress or sometimes even burnout, which is an end point. And what's interesting is it's a word that I find myself using now and again. So I get asked all sorts of random things during my working day, as I'm sure most of you do. And occasionally I will say, I'm really sorry, I'm just completely overwhelmed. And actually, this podcast suggestion has made me question what I mean by that. What, am I, what do I mean when I say I'm completely overwhelmed? I think for me it means I've reached my limit. I can't actually take any more on right now. And I guess the first thing, there are lots of elements to preventing overwhelm, um, if we've agreed what it means roughly. Uh, one of them is definitely making sure that you don't say yes when you mean no and having boundaries. Because whatever your life is like, whatever elements you have in your life, whether it's family, work, home, leisure, you might be a carer, you may be a parent, you may be working ridiculous hours. The, the point is that there's got to be some give somewhere. Something's got to give. You can't do everything at 100 miles an hour um, without feeling overwhelmed. And one of the 
stereotypes of imposter syndrome in the imposter syndrome episode in my series is, is called superwoman or superman or super student um and that particular stereotype of the, the kind of person that feels imposter syndrome always is in a state of overwhelm because they need to do everything perfectly and they put a lot of pressure on themselves so some of this is to do with knowing your limits i think the other thing is is actually doing a kind of stock take so i i'm not great at this because i don't really like although I, I love the power of data i'm not particularly my brain isn't particularly sort of data friendly i'm much more about qualitative things but some years ago um i was on a, a long flight with two great friends and one of them drew up a timetable of our other friends activities and it was really clear within a few minutes that there was just too much stuff to fit into the week and we all sort of fell about kind of laughing but but also you know had our hands on our chins in a way because we were like wow that's amazing that is just unbelievable you've mapped out the hours that you would have to spend on each of your activities and actually they they don't fit into the week something's got to give now i don't know what kind of diary tool you use i use my my phone um the calendar on my phone but it's often not a great view unless you've got it um because often you know you'll get an alert and then you think oh i've got this meeting later today or tomorrow and unless you're looking at your weeks ahead regularly it's quite difficult to know what you've got planned and one of the things i try to do more and more is really protect my own downtime because i just wasn't getting any at one point why downtime is important or time for yourself me time whatever you want to call it is because that really reduces a sense of overwhelm now a lot of you listening to this will think well no i'm so overwhelmed i haven't even got time for downtime because i, I you know i'd get even less stuff done there'd just be more stuff on my to-do list that's not getting done and I used to think exactly like that a few years ago um, until I realised that when you have downtime, your brain actually gets to think about what's important and what, you know, where there's some slack in your week without you feeling like you're going to implode. So one of the things I did was I looked at things that were just wasting my time and that includes both tasks and people so if you have toxic people around you um they can really be a drain um and sometimes they're not aware that they're toxic but they tend to cause havoc they drain your energy they cause problems everywhere and actually if you're honest with yourself if you've got anyone like that that is taking up your time and energy that's going to make you feel overwhelmed as well and i suggest strongly that you do your best to kind of not continue in relationships like that whether they're work colleagues or friends whatever part of preventing overwhelm is self-preservation and it can be really difficult when you're in particular situations for example if you have a relative who is dying or if you have young children there's no obvious time for yourself and you the guilt you know when you do sort of make time for yourself can sometimes in itself make the feeling of overwhelm even worse there's also something about the way we live in the modern world where there appears to be 
some sort of honour or something cool about doing lots of things all the time. And in order to turn the the volume or the dial down on the feeling of overwhelm, you know, that perception that you're overwhelmed, my own view is that it's important to make sure that there is some time in your week that you're really not doing anything. The, the problem with life is there's always something to do. Uh, I, I've had this today. I planned to actually do a load of writing and instead I had to go and get a puncture repaired on the car, run a few errands and then deal with some household stuff that had built up for months that I'd never got round to. Now those things, although I'm complaining that all of that hijacked what I was going to do, were actually quite satisfying because they'd been on my mental to-do list for ages. Once you complete them, part of that feeling of overwhelm goes because, you know, if you if you think about your overwhelmometer, um, <laughs> you know, when I think about mine, those things that I did today were already on there. And actually it's gone down a bit now because I, I hadn't got round to doing those things. So although the day didn't go to plan, I feel good. And it all goes back to the same thing about really living in the moment. Because if you let your brain run away with worries and think about all the things that you've got to do, everyone would be overwhelmed all the time. Part of it is is not expecting too much from yourself. And remembering that, you know, good is the enemy of great in the sense that if you're someone who really demands perfection from yourself... Well, there's no such thing, so don't do that. Um, you know, good enough is good enough. I do remember many years ago when I started as a GP trainee, on a Friday afternoon I'd always ask the reception team what they were up to at the weekend, and about 80% of them would say, nothing really. And... I was, you know, in terms of the, the age profile of the reception team, I was way younger than them, you know, and I think that the youngest in the team was probably already 10 or 15 years older than I was at the time. And, you know, I had a weekend planned of, you know, going to London and zipping down to Brighton to catch up with old friends. And then you do unplanned things, like suddenly go to a festival or whatever, and the weekend was very full. But, you know, that was then, and... Actually, now I realise as life goes on, it becomes more complicated. And I was just very lucky at that time in my life that my life wasn't particularly complicated and I had the means and the luxury to do all of those things. So beyond the things I've already mentioned in terms of boundaries, valuing your time, making sure that you turn the volume down on your perfectionism if, if that's something that affects you, and of course avoiding toxic people. The two other really important things I think are having a great support network. A lot of people don't have this and it can be quite hard to get it. For me it's family and my oldest friends and having work colleagues that understand you and working on that work culture. And the other one which I struggle with is Try to do what you're doing when you're doing it. it. sounds so silly, but focus on the task at hand and 
do not get distracted. As medics, particularly, we end up multitasking all the time, and it is so bad for us. There's quite good research now that multitasking is not good for us cognitively in terms of our brain. That continuous interruption, which is very easy to, you know, experience if you are in a state of overwhelm, is not good. So although today worked out well for me, really what I should have done is just put everything out of my mind and just focused on writing. And also the way the world is going. I mean, I've talked about this before in another episode. WhatsApp is really interesting. So it's almost as if people have permission to contact you 24-7. And although there's no written rule, it's implicit that they're expecting a response fairly soon. It's nonsense. I mean, that gives people access to you continuously. And um, in a way, it trumps emails because emails are emails and, you know, they're, they're more like electronic letters in a way, aren't they? But again, they both need boundaries. And actually, I'm quietly impressed when people don't get back to me immediately on things like WhatsApp. Um, I think good for you. So I think overwhelm is a great topic. It's so important to acknowledge because left unchecked, it can lead to anxiety, burnout, and really, you know, it's not something that can be ignored. I'd like to finish with a quote on this, and I don't even remember where I heard this or saw this, but I really love it. And for me, it really sums up the essence of how to combat overwhelm. And it's this. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it just for a few minutes, including you. I love that. And it comes down to doing, you know, what you're doing when you're doing it. Okay, so I'm going to post a few links in the show notes, as I always do. Thank you to Preeti for suggesting the episode. I think it's a really valid one that a lot of people will relate to. Uh, next week I'll be back again with another theme from my upcoming book which is out next January so January 2023 called The Health Fix and until then I do hope you enjoyed that episode on Overwhelm do take care, stay well and until next time have a great week bye for now